0: Email offers to podcast at victorsalmon.com. I love talking about relationships and intimacy, and I love cross-promotion and working with other podcasters. Okay, let's hear about today's episode. Kathy from the podcast Friends in Your Ears is back. She returns today to talk about the pros and cons of podcasting, why you should get into it, and what's enjoyable about it. We try and give you the down low on what it's all about.
1: Well, and that was kind of my, um, why I started my show too, was like, oh, I get to talk to these people. I get Mm -hmm. to talk to awesome people. I got to have
0: um, the escape pod hosts on my podcast. Have you
1: heard any escape pod? I have not. I've heard of the show, but I haven't listened to it.
0: So I actually really recommend it just because I like science fiction. I've been reading it since I was a little kid. Um, Like, Eight years old, I was reading science fiction, and I was reading, like, Amazing. classics. I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm super well-read, but I'm, I'm fairly well-read in the science fiction genre. Um, but I sort of got to this point where I was like, there's just too much other shit I want to learn about. There are just too many other things I want to read right now. So audiobooks are always easier and podcasts are always easier. And Escape Pod is a totally free, although I support them on Patreon, um, a totally free podcast that is short fiction. So you don't need to get into a whole book. And it's like 40 minutes long-ish, depending on the size of the story. So like from like... 20 to like 40 maybe an hour depending i would have to i'd have to go and look variable at episode size
1: <laughs> very good answer <laughs> variable
0: episode size um but uh yeah they work really hard um a lot of them are volunteer they're trying to pay um they pay their writers proper um writing fees so they actually are legitimate publications oh amazing so it counts for the union of Um, Writers, science fiction writers in North America, I believe.
1: Nice.
0: Um, I'm explaining this poorly, but suffice to say, they have like a legitimized um, writer publication platform that they now use to help new writers get started, which I think is amazing.
1: That's so great. I love when people can support each other um, and doing it in a way that allows people to do what they love and are passionate about. And They create a platform that says, yeah, come on down, you know, write what you want. Let's like get connected and concentrate on that awesomeness that is in the world. Because, Mm -hmm. man, people are creative. Holy cow. Definitely.
0: There have been like idea shaping stories that I've definitely like listened to where I'm like, that is new science fiction. Having read a lot of, you know, Arthur C. Clarke um, a lot of like Heinlein, a lot of Isaac Asimov, especially like a lot of the classics, some of the new ideas coming out of science fiction writers are genuinely like, especially the post-humanist kind of ideas Ooh. are just really different from things that you may have read in the classics. So it's been really cool to just sort of like hear these stories that imagine really different things from what I'm used to hearing imagined, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, that does make sense. And and putting it into a l- low barrier. form. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I Both love
0: short that. form, but also, yeah, like you said, low barrier because it's free and it's just published. It's out there.
1: Yeah, and it's just it, it's there and you can ignore all of the work and energy and effort that's put into it except not really ignore it, but because it just shows up in your phone and you get to listen to it you don't have to go anywhere necessarily you don't have to you know buy a movie ticket and and get to enjoy that right it's kind of cool
0: I think what's so interesting to me is that all of the writers get paid and they're working on I think paying their slush readers as well which oh, is incredible that's incredible um, the editors get paid and it's a free show. Like you, it's literally supported exclusively by people who just love the content on Patreon.
1: That's so incredible. I love the structure of Patreon and what it's done for small creators and what it allows people to do. It's pretty incredible. They have their own podcast network now
0: with only, it's called Escape Artists, and it's all of their various um, podcasts.
1: Oh, fun. Because
0: they have other ones that aren't science fiction. They have like horror ones. They have like various different genres of short fiction, but their mandate still sort of the same of of, um, publishing new authors, which is really
1: awesome. Wow. That's so amazing, man. People just are so incredible. I see yeah. you know podcasts I see I I look at I mean TikTok and YouTube and even like Twitter creationist things that are put out in the world and people are brilliant yeah. and anyone that doesn't see how great it is for people that are doing something because they're passionate about it versus somebody that got in like a movie industry 50 years ago and is just trying to make money. If you don't see that difference and feel it, it it makes me sad.
0: Yeah. It's almost like the difference between amateur porn and, and produced porn. Almost.
1: (laughs) Almost. I could see that. Yeah. The acting between it and by acting, not, necessarily just like the plot and and that sort of stuff, but like that whole feel of why somebody's doing it. Kind of.
0: I'm excited to talk about pop culture at some point in the future, because I have, I have deep feels about (laughs) well-written scripts and like not well-written scripts.
1: I can imagine, uh, how that could be true. (laughs) yep yeah
0: <laughs> i'm an opinionated human
1: <laughs> what opinion
0: yeah so right or so o- original <laughs> so anyways yeah so I, I managed to get the escape pod hosts on uh, my show which was amazing i had them on for two half hour episodes which is amazing they agreed to do that at all
1: that's incredible
0: Yep. They were willing to give me up to an hour and a half of their time and I was like, that is ludicrously wow. generous. Yep. And it was all of the hosts too.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Including um, including the head of their network, which is pretty cool.
1: Wow. I just think of the scheduling of all of that and that it was crazy. Hurt.
0: <laughs> to try and get well, it was they technically it was only three hosts. Okay. Um, it was SB Divia, Lafferty and Alistair Stewart who owns the network. Nice. And it was super generous of them to give me their time. But it's really cool whenever I get to interview other podcasters because there's like this, there's like this kind of exhausted understanding of like, yeah, I see you. You got to edit this. I'm just glad. Better you, not me, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like the the visceral pain that I felt when I realized that I had already stopped and saved the recording from our first episode... (laughs) yeah i felt terrible
0: oh that's okay yeah
1: it's fine like you're not going to go to bed cursing my name i hope but like i still i felt i I felt terrible
0: (laughs) yeah it's like like, editing is also totally okay like a (laughs) hundred percent i'm not even thinking about it like it's just gonna be i mean of all the edits that you make on a podcast that's just one of them yes (laughs) (laughs) and there are many edits
1: so many edits and And I actually
0: have a fairly free form fairly um, unmodified podcast for like large part I tend to leave things in even when I can choose to take them out my experience of mostly or entirely unedited podcasts um, is that they're more intimate you get to hear the mistakes
1: yeah Uh, it allows you to see the humanity behind it um, and it becomes less of a um, like cultured uh high quality not quality quality is the wrong word but like an overwhelmingly
0: it isn't as polished
1: yes yes polished is a good word i like to hear the ums some Mm -hmm. mistakes i will take out clearly and by me i say my editor but yes (laughs)
0: i typically will take out things that make podcasts less listenable yes because I still want it to be convenient for folks, but at the same time, uh, sometimes it's just really hard, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there can be choices, too. I make a lot of creative choices to leave things in um, when I could take things out. Um, like earlier when I was saying that I had no idea what I was doing for the show, I'm probably going to leave that in just as a creative choice.
1: <laughs> it works, you know? And it, it, it provides a kind of behind-the-scenes feel Mm-hmm. Um, that people really like. They like to have that peek behind the curtain. Yeah,
0: and I think as long as it is a listenable podcast, the spacing between words is not that huge a deal because people can turn the speed of your podcast up. Right. So I rely on my listener to know what they want and to adjust the speed of the podcast accordingly, rather than taking out all the spaces and trying to produce a one times podcast that sounds really snappy.
1: Right. Especially because you, not everybody would want that anyways. Right. And you can never make everyone happy.
0: That's very true definitely true yeah (laughs) so tell me something i don't know about you
1: hmm let's see i have been running my own business for eight years nope longer than that 12 years um full time i am an online business manager nice And I really pushed to be um, full-time after my husband had a massive stroke 10 years ago. I'm
0: sorry to hear that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, uh, earlier, last week, it was the decade mark. And it's just bananas to think of the journey that we've been on. Um, And even pre-pandemic, I have been able to work from home and support uh, our the family and our daughter, and I'm very, very thankful for that situation and it makes podcasting even more special that i um all over the world, and I don't have to leave my house.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, that is really special i um I managed to stumble backwards into a job that is work from home
1: oh nice
0: yep so i was originally laid off for the pandemic and then i managed to find a job that were where i work from home
1: oh what uh it's it's so hard because when you're in the middle of a massive event Mm
0: -hmm. in your
1: life it's very difficult to take a moment and be like oh what good things can come out of this like in the middle, you know, when we were in the hospital uh, and I didn't know if my husband would survive, I wasn't like, well, it's a dang good thing that uh, his health insurance is not through my work so that I can quit my job in the future. Right. Or any of like that overwhelming bit of, oh, let's look on the bright side, your daughter's still healthy type of a thing. Um, and so, but being able to find that happiness, even if it's from the future uh, is mm. really special. And so being able to say, oh, you stumbled into this job that allows you to work from home. You probably wouldn't have found that job if you hadn't gotten laid off because of the pandemic.
0: Right. You yeah, had that's an up. interesting idea.
1: You weren't looking for it.
0: Right. And then it got laid off.
1: Yeah. And so yeah. It, it it's okay, like, to be a part of and dwell on the bad things and, like, recognize and acknowledge that they affect and they suck. Um, mm-hmm. But being able to... And and you don't have to turn around and say, oh well, what good thing is going to come from this? Because that 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 can be difficult too. But being able to look back and say, oh okay, this is the path that my life has gone to allow me to be in this situation. Something bad happened, and mm-hmm. I can appreciate mm-hmm. where I am now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I would say that that's that's especially like my situation is kind of like the perfect example of exactly that.
1: Yeah. That's great. I'm glad that you were able to not bounce back that's the wrong way to say it, but I'm glad that you mm-hmm. were able to find uh, a job that is working as well as it seems to be, not knowing what the job or the situation at yeah. all but having having one <laughs> that allows Just you to do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: A hundred percent. Are are you located in the U.S.?
1: I am. I am uh, in Oregon.
0: Okay. In which case I won't talk about the um, Canadian support packages that we had. And
1: oh, gosh. don't make me cry, Victor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was just because you used the word bounce back. I was like, yeah, getting laid off was really hard. But fortunately I had. And then I stopped myself and was like, we can just skip that whole conversation. But no, let's cool. acknowledge
1: the fact that, you know, you had that um, and. I'm so glad that you had that situation. Um, So the conversation about uh, health insurance, you really didn't understand that either. So in America, health insurance (laughs) tends to be directly tied to your job. When we had our daughter, um, it was too expensive to add them to my health insurance with the company. And so we, we had gotten private insurance. Um, which was great because that means I could then quit my job when his uh, government disability check came in and I could find a different job that allowed me more flexibility um, and was less um, Mm soul-sucking and not have to worry about... (laughs) Because, of course, this was before Obamacare. um, Worry about the fact that he had massive... (laughs) pre-existing conditions which meant no insurance right. company would accept him
0: right Whew. and it's kind of like feudalism like you kind of <laughs> need to be employed by a feudal lord in order to have the protection of health care yes
1: yes yeah yeah man america's great usa usa <laughs> well
0: yeah. i mean you got rid of the monarchy right
1: yeah Sort of. It's like there,
0: there were good things, Yeah, Sort of, exactly. Sort of is the right is the yeah. right
1: reaction yeah. to that. <laughs> yeah, it's. There's a lot of things broken. I'm hoping that um, time is coming. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really hoping that things because to I am get...
1: positive.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. You cut out for a sec.
1: Sorry, Uh, I'm hopeful um, that we've got a positive change coming. But I also know there is still a lot that needs to be worked on. And Mm -hmm. the conversations that people are having are starting to die down and it's getting more, it's getting quieter. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see specifically over the next year how the transition happens Mm -hmm. um, and what that looks like. But Mm -hmm. it's not all... not all the fault of the orange cheeto sure that particular person just provided a platform for terrible people to be able to say the terrible things that were in their heads and do the
0: terrible things it's interesting i think part of the part of the issue that's led to such polarization as an outsider right because i don't really know i don't i don't live in the u.s um, but like my experience of, of racism from white folks is like the well-meaning white liberal is sometimes the worst kind because you'll get these situations where you can't be critical at all without someone assuming you're saying they're a bad person or an evil person. And I think it's really important that we sort of deconstruct that and um, in doing so hopefully deconstruct some white fragility yes. so that you can give people feedback that what they said was pretty supportive of racist structures right? um, or pretty degrading or otherwise steeped in a culture of genocide that they didn't really see before without, without being told that you're making the space unsafe, which I literally was told today.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, Yeah. It's been, it's been an interesting journey for myself, you know, bring it all back to me because that's, that's clearly, you know, uh, in case you didn't know, I'm white. Uh, Let me just place that out there. Um, Sure. But it's been it's been interesting to take moments and recognize and be ag- being able to acknowledge the not lies necessarily but the structure of society that has been so deeply ingrained in my life and my world and be mm-hmm. able to work on making those adjustments to do better yeah and and acknowledge and ex- accept the fact that I will never be perfect at any of this Um, and that has also like looped around to a whole other conversation about like this expectation of perfection and if it's not perfect why do it which seems to be um, conversations that I've had with some of my peers Um, it's Delved into the fact that, oh, they don't, they won't do it right. And so they're not going to say anything at all. And that's right a conversation that I'm trying to have and present with people that it's okay to be wrong. It's right. okay to support incorrectly if you're willing to recognize and learn how to do better. Because it's better to support incorrectly than to n- not do anything at all right because that does more harm than good
0: yeah like ultimately supporting a racist status quo is not the same thing as you know like not doing anything is not the same thing as not being racist if that makes sense
1: yes yeah
0: um but i mean also it's not about whether you're a quote-unquote racist person it's more about like whether the actions you take support racist structures that are in
1: place yes because nobody will hear you're a racist and immediately go huh you know maybe what? i am you're right like that's not people don't like feeling attacked and um a lot of the things that the white community has done to reinforce the white fragility right has been extremely detrimental um as a whole and so we yeah. can do better totally
0: um yeah, yeah, it's um I was dealing with some of that today. It's uh, not fun.
1: Ugh.
0: Yeah, it's partly why when you were talking about, you know, why did you start your podcast, I was like, Well, I was listening to podcasts like, um um, I don't really want to call anyone out, but I was listening to podcasts about um polyamory and was essentially listening to the big ones and was like, Oh, these are all done by white people mm-hmm. and they sound like white people, by which I mean they don't have even the awareness I felt that you just demonstrated. Um, So it was, it was like, I was hearing them say really tone deaf things. And I was like, gosh, I just really don't like listening to these folks. Like it feels really uncomfortable being erased from this conversation. So I was like, well, you know, I feel like a lot of these shows are targeting, you know, polyamory, which is already a very white culture. Um, And I was like, but there are a lot of, you know, non-monogamous folks who are POCs, BIPOC folks, who would possibly enjoy having just an alternative, like something. So I set about making intimate interactions to talk about kink, non-monogamy and, you know, various types of alternative relationships um, and orientations and the various issues that those groups deal with. And then what I sort of came to was this um, more open-ended platform where I could just have conversations with folks about issues just like this. So, yeah, that's why. I, I started out because I felt like it was just there was just a little bit too much support for racist structures in the stuff I was listening to, and it was almost I don't want to say triggering, but it was it was really uncomfortable to listen to at times, and it just really soured me on some of the shows.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. I felt this. I've gone through this a similar period with like productivity um, podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm always, you know. I, I do a lot. Um, I have multiple businesses. I have, you know, my Mm -hmm. family situation, I have, you know, life as a whole. And so (sighs) learning ways to become more full in my days. Um, and I recently within the last year just kind of had to stop completely because a lot of times it was, most of them were male and sure. most of them were white, um, mm-hmm. but above and beyond that, the conversations that they had never acknowledged the free labor that was provided by their spouses um, Oof! or they d- didn't have any kids or they were single and all of these things. And it's like, I, d- I didn't felt, I, I didn't felt seen. Um, I did. Right. I, distinctly felt ignored and not part of that conversation and I was like wait this is not making me happy anymore um Mm -hmm. I I don't need to have this it's not helping um Mm -hmm. and that's okay you can (laughs) change your input change what's coming in your into your head and um even though I had some of these podcasts I'd been listening to for multiple years I was like wait I I don't owe them anything if specifically right. if the conversations are making me feel bad about myself and my situation yep. that doesn't need I don't need to be listening to that
0: yep that's basically very similar to my story
1: wow I can't wait to hear it <laughs> In um, the future, my story yeah oh uh, like my podcast the, the, the full the the full like podcast story like um Oh, yes.
0: Which I will be telling on your show at yes. some point.
1: Yes. Sorry. I was that was a very clumsy segue of like, no, 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 no. stay tuned for a future episode <laughs> that we haven't recorded yet, but will come in the future. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. And for those who don't know, I will be on Friends in Your Ears in the future at some point.
1: Yes. Check for 2021. <laughs> Not going to give a specific date because I have no idea. But sometime after the first of the year.
0: That's another challenge podcasters face is like, not just the scheduling of recording it, but the schedule of like when it's going to be released so people can promote it. Yes. I have a spreadsheet. I'm pretty good about it now. But when I started, it was all over the place.
1: Yeah, it can be extremely overwhelming. Um, All of the pieces in play. It's no wonder that the big... Uh, you know, NPR has 12 production assistants and all of this. It's like, yeah, you can use them all. Um, But something special about podcasts that I really love is how it can be done with a team of one. Yep. And still be pretty magical. And that's, that's that low barrier of entry, that low level of like requirements that are involved Mm -hmm. for something to Mm -hmm. be pretty special um is kind of cool
0: yeah totally well thank you so much for doing another session of this with me
1: yeah thank you so much for letting me ramble again (laughs)
0: It's, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show kathy
1: thank you so much victor i hope you have a great day
0: you too so how was it intimates did you love something you heard or maybe you're upset by something i said leave your comments on facebook.com slash intimate interactions or you can go to patreon.com slash victorsalmon where you can find our discord server all of these communities are available on intimatepodcast.com and i genuinely look forward to speaking with you soon if you liked it please consider helping us pay for show costs over at patreon for as little as one dollar per month it's incredibly helpful it's just a dollar a month if you can afford it we would hugely appreciate having your support And hey, if that doesn't work for you, I completely understand. You can also help out by going to leave a review on iTunes or other favorite social media platform. Social proof like that helps so much with visibility and audience building. It helps other intimacy and relationship nerds find us. And if any of that just sounds like too much work, you can always do something really simple and it still goes a long way. Something like just tapping share and sending an episode that you liked, maybe a favorite, to a friend or partner, or maybe you can send them something you think they might really like. That's probably more considerate. (laughs) Thanks so much for your time and for your help in keeping us making more of intimate interactions. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. The intro music was Driving in the Rain by Timecrawler and this outro music is Acoustic Blues by Jason Shaw.